This is On the Block with Strickenbach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7, the ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bakoven. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Happy Thursday to everybody out there. This is On the Block here on 93.7 The Ticket. Uh, I want to remind you guys, we actually have a grill out here at 93.7 The Ticket starting from 6 in the morning tomorrow until 10 o'clock. If you want to get registered for that, head over to theticketfm.com if you plan on grilling. If you don't plan on grilling and you're just kind of hungry in the morning, you can stop on by too. We should have um, some food available for you. So it's a little get-together. We're going to have some fun uh, and uh, can't wait for it in the morning. And I'll actually be up in the morning. Um, surprisingly, usually I'm not. Um, but I have, uh, I'm filling in for early breaks, so I'll have a chance to uh, kind of have a back and forth with Sip, as he likes to call it. Uh, Stephen Sipple, of course of early break so that'll be a lot of fun to look forward to and I can't wait for tomorrow morning to get that going I also wanted to mention, too, um, just to plug myself, because uh, I like to think about myself sometimes. But in any case, uh, tonight, Lincoln Salt Dogs play the Chicago Dogs. It's actually the American Association Game of the Week. Um, so uh, we've been doing a good job of handing out some Salt Dogs tickets for you guys and, uh, and like to support our local baseball. Um, they're actually doing a, a live stream Manning cast type of deal they do every week for the Game of the Week. And since the Salt Dogs are in on the action... Um, you can head over to my Twitter and, and find this link here, but, um, they, they, so the, one of the leaders of the American association actually sits down and talks with some people and I am set to be joining there in the latter innings of that game. Um, Sean Callahan for what it's worth also set to join, uh, earlier in that game. So that could be kind of something cool. Uh, if you kind of want to follow along with salt dogs baseball tonight. Uh, but, uh, what I did want to get to for this segment is, uh, Nebraska football. Uh, I love to talk about it every day. So so we do. And uh, today, I, I've noticed as of late, uh, I'm trying to turn a corner a little bit. Yesterday was my birthday, and one of my birthday goals is to be a little bit more optimistic and uh, and, and take in the, the good in life and, and some of the better things that are going on around me. I try to do a better job of that altogether, but it's never a bad idea to do it uh, in a new year. Now, Husker football sometimes, I tell you what, that makes it a little bit more difficult from time to time and certainly over the last five years where Nebraska has not been able to get to a bowl game. And um, it's just hard to put together lists of um, statistics or, you know, kind of figures that would tell you that Nebraska football is uh, is on their way back this upcoming year. As far as just kind of, you know, statistics from the last several years, of course, if you, uh, um, of course, there are, uh, you know, there's easy reasons to believe. I'm not saying there's no reason to believe Nebraska. I mean, there's been positive storylines to get, you know, getting the Trey Palmers and the O'Shawn Matheson and all that. Um, but I do kind of wonder, um, because for me, there's just this problem of, overlooking the first four years of the fall of the frost um, regime and thinking that things will turn around 
um, quite significantly this year. And so that's probably my biggest holdup on uh, turning all the way positive and optimistic for the upcoming season. And so I want to know what you guys think as well. Uh, let us know on the Honda of Lincoln hotline, 402-464-5685, or Sarder Heyman text line, same number, 402 464 Five six eight five. Uh, what is the biggest obstacle in the way of your Husker optimism for the upcoming season? Uh, so uh, we will uh, we'll take your calls and we'll take your texts and we'll get to them in a second. But first, I want to get to Strick and, and kind of get uh, his thoughts on that. Bob, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. So listen, um, I fall into the same area that you do uh, regarding those thoughts. <laughs> I need to see something. It is easy for us, and, and there are so many great teams that are on paper. I can go back to the Los Angeles Lakers team where they had Steve Nash, um, Gary Payton, um, Carl Malone, Kobe Bryant. <laughs> I mean, we can just run down the gamut. On paper, that looks like a winning combination. On paper, even this last Lakers team with uh, AD, LeBron, Westbrook, uh, Carmelo, uh, just all the pieces that they had on that team and some young talent uh, on paper, it looks great. Nebraska looks astonishing on paper. Uh, they look well-rounded on paper, but none of it has been where my eye test can say, you know what? Mm-hmm. I would say last year's team if I had last year's team with a few added of those pieces added to it, I would feel a little bit more confident about making a statement than what you lost and then trying to re, re uh, uh, you know, retool the team and then throw it out there where there's not a, a lot of unity and cohesion and you've grown yeah. together and you fought together and you battled together and you're tested. So therefore, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little on the, you know, Wait and see. Uh, telling, telling, telling Maverick from Top Gun, hold on, Maverick. The pattern's full. We, we just, <laughs> just chill out a second. You can't know. You can't buzz the tower. I would feel like, hold on. No, we're not ready. It's full right now. No. <laughs> and uh, I did want to mention this. Nate, uh, our producer, our usual producer, is. Uh, is in uh well, he's taking a vacation so we don't have a producer here so we're not uh, we don't have uh somebody to answer the phones but we will just answer them live if you call back in i'm gonna apologize to you if you were calling in and i didn't hear you or i didn't we didn't get to your call um if you can hear me now you are live here on the honda of lincoln hotline uh how, how's it going today hi bach yeah there you how are you doing oh pretty good how are you doing and how strict doing peace we're doing wonderful good to see you <laughs> or hear you Interesting topic. I think you asked about what what I envisioned to be the biggest challenge to Husker Husker football success in this season coming up. Yeah. I I think, first and foremost, it is thrusting together a bunch of players that have not played together before uh, and some assistant coaches that haven't coached together before. If you look at each of the individuals that we've been able to acquire through the transfer portal, um, on their own, they seem to be on paper, uh, real promising. But I also look at what Fred has been doing over the last several years, throwing a bunch of players together that on paper look to be great. But when, when it comes down to it, playing together, that chemistry has never developed. And I, so I really have some concerns about whether, and it's all over, it's on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, on the offensive side, you've got a new QB. 
You've got uh, an offensive line that has got me worried. I just don't see where the excellence is going to come from. I think Kenny Prochaska is going to be fine, but I don't see a lot of talent along the offensive line. You're going to have uh, a, a top one or two running backs. Um, you've got some wideouts that are, that are new. Again, on paper, they look promising. And then on the defensive side, you've got a couple of anchors there in Luke Reimers and Garrett Nelson that should be good. But really, everywhere else, you're going to have you're going to have a lot of uh, new folks, uh, and so that really concerns me about how they're going to play together uh, by the end of August and throughout the season. I guess that to me is the biggest challenge I, I envision for the for the Husker 2022 season. Okay, thank you for the call. Uh, I can uh, I can certainly see that be as a, being a problem, a lack of cohesion. You were kind of getting to that as well, Strick. Um, but I'm glad he brought up the the football or the basketball team there because um, there is there is kind of some correlation there that I think of too. Is um, you know it, it's uh, you know you, you, I mean you think about last year the five star the the Pac-12 transfer of the year and all that stuff. Um, or excuse me, Pac-12 six man of the year transfers in and um, it just uh, for for one reason or another hasn't worked with the continual flipping the roster um, for Fred Hoiberg. Now he's trying to, to build the base, like we've said before, and, and it's got a good few guys there. Um, and it can be easier, easier done in basketball, but um, for football, it certainly feels um, that way that, you know, and that's why I want people, and I'm glad that their early schedule is less difficult, obviously, than the gauntlet that they're going to run through by the end of it, um, is that they definitely need some time to gel for anybody to expect them to be, you know, at, at midseason form. Absolutely. And I, I, it's going to, well, it, it's twofold. It's going to tell you a lot about what what the makeup and what the heart and what they've actually worked on and is the talk just talk right all of that's going to happen early on this first game against northwestern is maybe northwestern is not the most talented gifted or have a lot of weapons in areas that would would scare a nebraska team or any team in the big 10 for that matter but they're dangerous because they have a great coach and i Say what you will, Patrick Fitzgerald is a wonderful coach. He's going to have that team prepared. He's going to have wrinkles. He understands the same dynamic that we're talking about here on the block, what the callers, what the texters are texting in, what those who uh, have the Bob the Builder, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> 11, 12 and 0, yeah. going straight to the, uh, the playoff. That mentality and those that are kind of like the boxers where six and six and below, those individuals are going to hear and see and vision, have a vision and have a piece in their mental to be able to say, you know what, either this is going downhill from here or we own to something. You're going to see that, I think, in that Northwestern game, because don't get it twisted. The game after that against North Dakota, don't think you're just going to just come in and run over them. They're dangerous. That is a dangerous game for anybody <laughs> that's taking that on, right? A game like that or a game like against the South Dakota State, those are dangerous games. So don't don't think that they're not going to be prepared. They're not going to be ready. It reminds me of that team um, uh, a while ago that really scared us. Um, oh, McNeese uh, State, maybe? No, no. Um, they were throwing it like crazy. It was... Uh, it was one of them small schools down south. Um, they have horns, I think. Gosh darn it. I can't remember. 
Uh, I remember their uniforms, but they were just, they listen, it was really tight. And it took like the last quarter for them to blow it open. And this Nebraska yeah. team was really good. I want to say it was, it was maybe in uh, 97 or 98 okay. time frame. But nonetheless, I'm just saying that to say those dangerous games are scary. So, yeah. um, it, you know what? It might have been McNeese State. It was, I, it was one of them teams where they were just, Troy, 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 yeah, yeah. Troy actually beat this, Nebraska a few years ago too. Yo, yes, but again, but before that, they scared. Them. Oh yeah, like, yeah. They they've scared. So it's like playing a team like that is scary. An Appalachian State in their prime yeah. or something like that. Well, thank right? God it's not North Dakota State because the Bison would be. I mean, we wouldn't be Ooh. overlooking that game at all. Not at all. Now that's a whole another level of dangerous. Yeah, but, but North Dakota, I'm saying like. They're they're in that they're in that you think you're just gonna run over them and then they come in here stout and they're throwing all kinds of traps I mean traps on you and they're throwing all types of stunts and and a lot of movement because they're not gonna be as big as you they're gonna be athletic and quick and they're getting in the gaps and they're disrupting things you just never know so yeah. you know turnovers here turnovers there can turn a game into a whole different uh, thing if you if you have that happen. Absolutely. This is uh, this is on the block. I'm Jake Bachman. He is Eric Strickland. And we're asking you guys, what is the biggest obstacle in your way of becoming pretty optimistic uh, for this upcoming football year? Uh, and if, again, if you're calling the Honda of Lincoln hotline, uh, thanks for your patience because we don't have a producer. So we're just bringing you live on air. So if you can hear us and, and you're waiting on online, who's this? It's Dominique. Oh, Dominique. Dominique is a, is a good friend of ours, but he usually doesn't talk too much football. Dominique, uh, you have any Husker football takes? I got football for today, man. All right, we better let Dominique go. Thanks for calling in, Dominique. Uh, he does call in once in a while, and we uh, we give him a, give him a talk. But I'll be honest, he has four before, so I have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to go ahead and cut him off before things get too dangerous. There, uh, we'll just head to the uh, Sardar Heyman text line in in uh, and get to your response there. Uh, um, Augie says the offensive line is the uh, is the biggest obstacle that's kind of getting in his way for uh, the optimism. And I can I can agree with that. I mean, if it's on the field. Um, you know, right there with special teams, the offensive line, um, it, it, it's almost like if I could tell you the offensive line is going to make this great transition uh, and they're going to be good, it would completely flip kind of how I see this season playing out. Um, it's nothing against Donovan Riola. Um, it's it's nothing against some of the athletes that have, that have played on that team or that have played on that line. It's just been a long time since the pipeline days, and it's been a long time since, um, you know, the late Pelini era where you had, you know, the Spencer Longs and the Jim Ross Earls lines, and, you know, those were pretty solid, you know, Mike Caputo's and such. Um, but, you know, uh, as of late, it, it, it's Nebraska's been through this cycle, of course, of head coaches and different coordinators and this and that, and along that line has been offensive line. And so I think that uh, Ariola certainly could be the answer. Uh, Donovan, uh, you know, it sounds like it sounds like the the, the kids are getting excited, and um, you know, he's he's kind of brings in that attitude. But there is the you know, I, I just I just hesitant to buy in until I see it. Um, one um, because of what I mentioned, there's just been a lot to, a lot of different guys to try to buy into, and for what it's worth, um, the previous offensive line coach was beloved by his. Uh, his players as well it just didn't work out um so i mean i i i, I think that's that's the difficulty buying in there uh let's go to um 
Jory says his biggest problem for optimism this season is uh, <laughs> is Texas uh, because he, Bach, uh, Texas Bach. Oh, I see. Because he has a problem uh, for a everyday solution. So we'll got to see about that. Uh, John and Cortland uh, says, uh, excuse me, I was depressed. Tim Miles fan. I think overall the pessimism I have would boil down to mistakes and inconsistency. Uh, however, I am hoping that uh, that being that a change in quarterback and someone who leads better in crunch time takes better care of the football will fix some of those issues. So uh, certainly, I, I think that could that could play into it. Um, the quarterback position. It, it's it's you know we talked about it earlier with Adrian Martinez. Um, still still saying the right things in Can- at Kansas State, but it makes some Nebraska fans mad. Either either way, um, that divorce was almost forced um because it just had not it just come come down to crunch time so many times for what it's worth Casey Thompson didn't win every game in crunch time yes last year either um but uh yeah, yeah at least I mean the, the the hope there I suppose is just something new uh and so that kind of alleviates my fear there a little bit but my goodness if you have the same type of problem um peak up there at the quarterback position uh it'll be it'll make for quite a frustrating year for Oscar fans you talking to me? Okay, yeah. I just want to make sure you just wasn't throwing something out there. Um, I, I I also think you want to make sure that you're observing in the skill positions who's emerging, who's coming alive, who is, um, you know, is it going to be the expected ones? Um, you know, is it going to be your your Trey Palmers or is it going to be um, your Ramir Johnsons? Is it going to, or is it going to be, um, you know, Jacques Yant, or is somebody one of the guys that comes in, or is it going to be a Dakota's Crawford, or is it going to be like, is somebody going to surprise you? Because if you get a couple of surprises, that can make for a special, special season or a special, you know, winning a few games because that changes the outlook on how teams scout you. So now they've got to think of other ways. Now you can throw so many other things in there because somebody has surprised your scouting abilities to be able to try to lock down what the Huskers are trying to do offensively, defensively, or whatever the case may be. Is it going to be in a cornerback? Is it going to be a, a you know, um, you know, shoot a safety or I, 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 I'm, you understand what I'm saying? I, I can't really put a name on it. Right. Right. Um, you know, is it going to be, you know, one of the linebackers or one of the defensive ends? I'm just going to throw positions because I don't want to call names. I don't want to put that pressure on them by just saying a name. Right. But is it going to be one of the safeties? Because you just don't know. Is it going to be one of the corners? You know what I mean? Like somebody would expect maybe a Tommy Hill to come in and do well, but will one of the other ones come in and surprise you? And then he's in the nickel. And now you've got just some lockdown guys where Smith and Jigba is not going to just murder you or something like that. When you thought maybe uh, if he gets in the slide, I'm a little scared of him against this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Well, and it's kind of interesting too, with those position groups, we, I mean, you could rank them and how you feel about them. And obviously, you know, the front seven would be up there. You, you like the depth at running back and wide receiver. And so, I mean, you could go through that, but I'm always fascinated um, how that changes from the year's beginning to the year's end, because uh, you know, there's years where you're worried, you know, you don't, there's no proof, I suppose, there from, you know, 
throw out a position that there is proof there from this year. The linebackers. I remember a few years ago, I was like, I don't know about the linebackers this year for Nebraska's core. Then by the end of the season, you're going, the linebacker is one of the best position groups Nebraska has out there. Uh-huh. Um, so right. there's going to be some guys that, that jump up that we don't expect to um, that can very much uh, help some of those position groups. Um, Natural Born Husker off YouTube mentions how well the old and all the new guys gel. That's my worry. Again, uh, cohesion is going to be something that's uh, important to watch early on here. Um, somebody else texts in the NFL and NBA, they throw, co- or excuse me, NFL and NBA coaches uh, throw teams together all the time. I know some don't work, but there's a lot of them uh, that do, and I'm tired of hearing that crap argument. So, um, uh, But they're pros, yeah. right? There's a difference between being a pro and being a young man and still trying to find your way. Yeah, that, I mean, that is a true point. But I don't have to like who I'm playing with on in the NBA or in the professional leagues. I just got to be a professional and do my job, right? So everybody is focused on the task and doing their job. Yes, they play for the whole, but mostly – you're a professional. That's what you're supposed to do. So it's easier to throw you together. But your argument would fall if you're talking about all-stars and you look at the Lakers, who was a, a freaking travesty, right? So that in itself, they threw that together thinking that that would produce a championship. What did that get them? And that and they're pros. So, yes, you, get, you can talk about the injuries. Yes, you can talk about all those different things of that. But – at the end of the day, pros operate from a different perspective than than some colleges, yeah. some college mentalities. They still haven't gotten there yet. Some of them will still get there and still still be trying to find their way once they become pros. Still trying to figure out as a rookie how to become a real pro. So there's there there's there's a transition phase there. That so I don't I don't too much, and I we're just agreeing to disagree on that specific. Yeah. Um, comment well again i mean that's part of the fascinating storyline of the season and and whether you think strongly about it one way or the other um is that it just hasn't been tested too much at the college football level at at this magnitude to have you know no you know you're adding all these other dynamics in there these other jealousies you know yes that happens at the pro level but at the end of the day you're still like i gotta do a job because there's another one coming behind me trying to take whatever how much money i'm making right now you know or my job or position yeah. Right. That is the same thing in college. But guess what? In college, you can jump in a transfer portal and shoot over and play division two, play division three. Still, you can go play in AI and still make it as a, you know, as a college player. But in, in the professional ranks, you can't do that. You can go overseas, but yeah. you're not playing in the biggest league where the biggest money is. Uh, again, as we're asking your your biggest reason or biggest obstacle to optimism heading into Nebraska's football season, um, some more uh, some more uh, stuff off the text line. The Sunday Hammond text line four zero two four six four five six eight five. Ted's got a list, so we can go down his list. Uh, by the way, um, some people throwing out maybe we're talking about Louisiana Tech um, from ninety seven to ninety eight. Was that the that that, that, oh, yeah. that was one of the teams too? That yes, yeah. they scared us. Yeah, Louisiana Tim Rattay and Troy Edwards uh, put together some records that day. Um, 
and yeah. Nebraska ended up winning. That was uh, Frank Solge's first game, um, but that was uh, that was very interesting. Uh, Ted, by the way, says uh, his uh, his cause for concerns: one, we play in the Big Ten; two, our old line is still young, and O line is what he's saying. That, that was confusing. The old line is young. Uh, the O line is young and under talented. Three, we lost our three best defensive players last year. Nobody in the replacement core looks nearly as talented as they did. And four, I need proof that Frost will get out of his own way and let these better coaches actually coach this year. And you can kind of pair that with uh, what Jory said is I think Whipple won't be afraid to use our weapons early and often. Um, and whether it was, uh, you know, we got maybe got answers down the line um, with Nebraska's uh, talented right wide receiver uh, in bets there last year is that maybe he wasn't too interested in, in, in football altogether. But um, there was the, the, the frustration, I suppose, that maybe the most talented players haven't always gotten on the field. Is that going to change with Mark Whipple and, and staff kind of taking over on the offensive end? Um, it's, again, something we'll, that will remain to be seen. Uh, I like this topic. Got a lot of response. I think we'll, uh, I think we'll probably bring it up here later in the the summer and, and see if uh, some minds have changed or, or what the biggest concerns are as we go through into Big Ten media days and early on into camp and all that sort of thing. But uh, th- good topic, guys. Thanks for chiming in there. Uh, let's take a quick break here on the block uh, and uh, return with some. Finals Game 3 talk from last night. The Boston Celtics got the win um, in a pretty convincing fashion. Um, So we'll hit that on hitting the hardwood coming up next here. Hostile crowd getting to the Warriors last night. Was that part of the reason why Boston won in the Garden? We'll compare some third and fourth quarter scoring stats. The third quarter so far has been the Warriors, but the fourth quarter, which is underreported so far, has been the Celtics. Also, Draymond Green should be doing post-game podcasts after losses in the finals. There's a bit of a, of a <laughs> disagreement on that, I suppose, as well. Uh, we'll do that coming up next year on the block on 93.7 The Ticket.